Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. Come join us as we explore how leading marketers are using agile management approaches to keep up with an increasingly social and real-time world. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm John Cass, Head of Digital Marketing for Pace Communications. And you're listening to the Marketing Agility Podcast. It's an ongoing podcast about how agile marketing is uh, actually changing the face of, of marketing. Um, but before we introduce today's guest, uh, I want to welcome my co-host, Frank Dave. How are things today uh, in Boston? Doing well, John. It's great to be back podcasting again here in the new year. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope you had a, uh, a good holiday. And uh, we have a, a great um, guest with us today. Um, we have Dan Marks, who's the Chief Marketing Officer for First uh, Tennessee Bank. Welcome, Dan. Hey, it's great to be with you. You and I have talked a little bit about the work that uh, First Tennessee is doing, but uh, I was wondering how you initially heard about Agile Marketing. I- I'm not sure I remember it specifically where I first heard it, but, it, but I think one of the um, the most impactful conversations is I was comparing notes with with um, Kendall Collins, who runs marketing for Salesforce.com, about a year ago, and he was he was talking about how the impact they had seen in Agile in their technology world, and how he had started using some of those principles in his marketing organization um, to to better align the different marketing functions and into into scrums that can quickly accomplish key goals, and more importantly, sort of adjust based on. Uh, the wealth of information that's available quickly, and so that sort of started me down uh, down the down the journey for what we're doing now. Great. And how are you actually using agile marketing at First Tennessee at the moment? Sure. Well, a couple of the principles we have adopted, right? So one of the one of the the key ideas was well, one of the key ideas in agile development is collapsing the team and reducing the number of handoffs, right? And so we've we've adopted that in compressing our planning cycles, whereas before we looked at it sort of a very linear, you know, you plan your Q1 campaign and you, you, know, you sort of back up key milestones and it's sort of very similar to a waterfall approach. We've, we've gone to, we have multiple streams where we still have some bigger campaign planning, but for programs that get much quicker feedback, direct mail, digital, email marketing, and those sort of things, we've gone to to much faster planning cycles, weekly, biweekly, or monthly, where where you get where the, the, the scrum, if you will, sit down, look at the trends together, and you have the the program manager for that particular program driving the discussion at the table, you have the the analytics and the creative uh, resource, and then the technology resource. And so you basically make the decision about the direction for the next cycle right there in one meeting, which really reduces the sort of cycle times. And basically everybody is up to speed on what their area is. So that meeting, you look at the results, you make a decision for the iteration, they come back, and the next next, uh, interaction is – 
basically the revision. So if it's new creative or a new offer or a new data file, whatever that iteration is or combination. And so that's where we've seen adopting some of the principles uh, work well. Are you running scrums as well? Well, we're not calling them scrums, but we had we have sort of dedicated teams of the different disciplines assigned to particular particular things. And so we, you know, at some point we may decide to uh, call them scrums, but uh, we're using right now we're just using some of the principles, and and right. and sort of related to that in highly regulated industry like financial services, and I imagine it's similar for you know healthcare or some of the others. Part of the I guess one of the factors where we haven't gone completely. Uh, sort of pure agile, if you will, is there's always a third-party regulatory or um, legal or compliance review in certain things you do. And so some things just have a longer lead time. And so, you know, now, and actually, if you think about sort of pure, pure, pure agile, um, you might say, well, key stakeholders like legal or compliance put them in the scrum. But that's one of those things where that would take more time from a change management perspective because I would have to get the um, I'd have to get my my peer head of legal, head of compliance at a risk on board with that methodology. And at least right now the teams are in different locations and and that sort of thing. However, you know, in and this is where I think the the impetus may be you know, there's so much change in financial services right now. Everybody's looking for ways to, just like in other industries, do things faster, better, cheaper. And we've, we have seen some examples in our business where we've sort of co-located everybody involved in a loan process, even if they're roll up through different functions in the organization, in one location, very much like a scrum, and seen some, some fantastic business results from that. So I think I think those those sort of trends are all one of the reasons why we're, why we're looking at, you know, agile techniques, just because we've seen tremendous business benefits in many areas. So, Dan, this is Frank. Well, so some of the key principles still play from agile, the shorter planning cycles. Um, I heard you say getting everyone together at the table at the same time. Right. Um, trying to get the decisions made at the same time rather than over – in one meeting rather than running them over a whole series of meetings. Um, I'm still intrigued by the the kind of half agile. I don't want to say half agile. That's that's not really a fair <laughs> way to say it because you certainly have the key principles. But you you ha- you're going pure agile would seem very would seem extremely difficult with all the regulatory reviews. Right. Have you ever had that conversation with your regulatory and compliance people? Well, I think that may come. That may come. Um, you know, part of it was the first step is I wanted just wanted to sort of see how it worked within sort of within our own shop, and so that's where I'm that's where I'm, I'm envisioning as we sort of think about how to do things different, different, um, and you know more cost effectively going forward. We I, I envision having some of those conversations. So actually, right now I've got a a meeting scheduled with my compliance partners for next week, where so, some of those principles will be discussed. Um, but I, that's where I think it, I'm just on the beginning end of the, the beginning stages of it. You know, it, it it's really interesting, Dan and, and Frank. I think it's been a theme of our show. Almost every time we have one of these shows, we always talk about impediments to to agile. Just because I think we all understand that in marketing, we do have more impediments um, to be able to deploy these tactics rather than agile development teams, just because 
I think marketing has much more dependency on other uh, other departments. But I think another reason is that you know one of the reasons I think companies might be thinking about adopting some of these practices is because of the pace of marketing innovation. Um, I mean, are, are you thinking? Are you seeing that with with your company, um, Dan? And is it is it partly because of marketing innovation has got faster, so therefore you have to think of, um, or there's there's more volume of it, so you have to think of more ways to to manage better. But also, because you're particularly in the financial industry, how do you how do you resolve some of those compliance issues? I think that sort of takes two different streams. One is customer behavior is certainly driving some of these things. And then also the medium is more conducive, right? So when you're talking about digital, where literally the time to publish is, in some cases, you know, clicking the mouse on the CMS or the ad banner network, um, then you can just react faster. As you get into the sort of the more traditional mediums, you know, the lead time is just lengthen, right? You've got a mail tape or mail disc to TV stations. You you know, you have print lead times and those sort of things. And so I think channel has an impact. This, the second part is the um, the regulatory question. And that's and that's where it's it just ends up being you have more you know, you just have different players in the organization where the the temperament and the operating style of say a legal or a compliance group tends to be, you know, I need time to think about it, right? So they're so they like to have meetings and then sort of think about what was discussed and then write down their thoughts. And so that operating style makes it sort of difficult to um how do you get your team to get out of the mode of, you know, the traditional Company camp, campaign planning, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head that people have a certain amount of comfort in creating, whether it's a positioning document, a specification, a campaign plan. Whereas the basic principles of agile are, you don't really have a person called planner. You don't necessarily write a plan. How do you reconcile those things? Well, that's where I think the channel right has has um has the impact. I mean, it has a very practical sort of implication on the on these sort of things. You know, you have a legacy job in the traditional media. You have a legacy job description called media planner, right? Um, at agencies or internal, and so th- that's where you know when we look when we look at our our journey, that's we've started in those areas that are more naturally a fit for the faster cycles, and so I think as we do more and more of it in those areas, the conversation starts to starts to you know bubble up. Well, gee, what if we could cut out some of the bureaucracy and some of the lead times in some of our other uh, areas? Maybe those people are more conducive to it because they're used to being on tight lead times, lots of deadline pressure, and so how about? It's an interesting question I have is. You said you weren't necessarily scrumming in a traditional sense, right? I mean, 
in bigger companies here, here at Novell, our typical rhythm is a, a weekly cadence call for a project. So we'll do a one-hour call once a week. It's a fairly standard process, right, on a project. One of my big things is I'm trying to kick off my agile projects in agile. A lot of my interactive projects in agile mode is trying to talk people into three meetings. I mean, five meetings and scrumming every day just really isn't plausible. Trying to get people into the mode of scrumming three times a week is a big ask. At that right. level, even if it's you know, I say, hey, listen, it's 15 minutes or 20 minutes three times a week. That ends up being very difficult to convince people. I mean. How about frequency of meetings? Are you still meeting? It's more about the kind of planning at a block of a month rather than a lot of little meetings. Well, so this is one one different. We um, our organization is not a global organization. So my entire marketing organization is in one geographic spot. So I so that's where, in, in a sense, we have a lot of sort of impromptu scrumming. Literally, the you know, the program manager may walk around and grab the the data guy or the creative person and say, "Hey, let me just sort of huddle up on this task." Um, so I, I think that's where I think it's um, you know probably just you know if we were to say you know we want you to meet three times a week, they would go, "Why do you want me to slow down?" <laughs> you know, because they're they're doing project based meetings organically yeah so for you guys it's less about having the structure of a meeting at you know monday wednesday friday at ten thirty in the morning and more about people are trying to meet these really narrow goals and are not letting documentation and process get in the way yeah i mean we've still got some i mean we have a, a job jacket for you know say of a creative piece but i think part of that is is, is it guides the discussion of you know what are the key questions to ask and then how are we doing against that uh, against that project but i think i think the principle that i would say is faster interaction closer interaction perhaps less formal interaction is definitely there right so if, if you think about just the the sort of the key idea of a scrum is i want the team fully vested feeling like they're moving towards the same goal and they're frequently interacting you know whether or not that's putting them in the same bullpen or putting them on a you know daily conference call, whether or not it's distributed. The key principle is, um, I heard it in a different context. I thought it was, I thought it's just a great example, but I can't take credit for original thought. Is you know if I'm going to shoot a rocket to the moon, would I rather plan plan for three months and have a really fast rocket shot, or would I rather have a slower rocket? But I get to steer it every week for three months or two months, and I think that principle is applies is it's the steering that you you have a goal in mind, but you got to do sort of course corrections along the way, and the faster you can do course corrections and feedbacks and, and feedback checks the the sort of the you take risk out of a project it certainly is the one of the core principles of agile right is that we don't know what we don't know so. At the beginning of the pro, the end of the project, often so much learning embedded in it, and so many adjustments made that the project will frequently look very different from that original specification, which often was very thoughtfully and carefully created, but doesn't. But things change. But you know, the other thing I will tell, I will say about agile principles is it really 
it helps you sort of separate. Get a, it's really great for talent development because I think sometimes process sort of helps a less talented person sort of hide behind something, right? It gives them a checkbox. Where if you're moving in a faster pace in an agile type environment, it, it really helps. The people who thrive in that are the people who have good judgment, good critical thinking skills, and, you know, are accountable to their own actions. And so that's the kind of, that's, those are the kind of behaviors that make people more productive. And so um, you can pretty, as you as you mo- mo- put in some of these principles, that's where you can really quickly get an idea of where you are on the talent scale. What has um, been some of the reactions from your team members? What um, I mean, you shared some great insights here, I think, into how you can gain benefits from from agile marketing. But what do what do your teams been a reaction been to it? Is <laughs> well, one of them asked me one time. I said. Dan, can we ever do something fast enough for you? And then I, I said, well, what do you think? And she said, no. I said, you're absolutely right. But then we all chuckled. And so I, I think the the most sort of useful feedback has been just, and I think this is a very appropriate caution, is in in marketing, there are certain cycles for results to come in, right? And so that's where if you don't have statistically valid results for certain tests sometimes you can you can actually steer too fast and that's where you get into sort of you know oversteering in a squiggly line um rather than sort of a smooth path of appropriate course adjustments and so that's where if if your results come in on a weekly basis or your results come on in on a you know twice weekly basis then you probably shouldn't try to change everything on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And so that's, I think that's been one of our useful learnings is just mapping the the frequency of making decisions to when you had good data. And again, that sort of goes back to the, some of the channel type factors. So, you know, a project with a, with a big strategic objective where there's a desire to, you know, introduce a new product or change a major, you know, really try to penetrate a new segment. I mean, those are longer type time periods where you may do tactical adjustments on a, you know, on a more frequent basis, but you you have to be sort of careful about mapping the, the level of decision to the frequency of the feedback. Well, great. Dan, I I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, to answer our questions here on the Marketing Agility uh, podcast. And uh, it was great to to hear about how you're implementing some of these principles at First Tennessee Bikes. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for the invitation. Nice to talk to you both.